0: Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today's April 26, 2019. 131 days left till kickoff.
1: Yay! We recorded this one late.
0: We recorded it last night after the draft, actually, right after we made our pick. At number five. And then listening to it later, we were a little tipsy. (laughs) It didn't come out too good.
1: And now we've had a little bit of time to chew on the pick and get some coherent thoughts together.
0: Yes, the draft was very exciting. But more exciting to me was Bruce Arians' press conference that he gave Wednesday.
1: Yeah, Wednesday, the second day of the voluntary workouts.
0: Yeah, this is everything I've asked for in a coach. He's calling players out, and he's all about accountability.
1: And he's praising them also.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. He's praising. He's pretty much praising everybody that's there, and he's calling out people that aren't there. He started off the press conference. Apparently, he was asked questions about somebody on the defensive line, and the recording started with him answering, and he said, man, that's a lot of questions for somebody that covers this gap and that gap. Must have been a social media event. Here, we'll play the clip.
1: Man, that was a lot of questions for a guy that covers this gap and that gap. <laughs> I mean, it must have been a social media event.
0: Now, if he's talking about Gerald McCoy there, I'm going to say Gerald McCoy is gone for sure. Because if you sum everything up that he said about Gerald McCoy, he said he's not as good as he used to be. It's not He's not that important. He only covers this gap and that gap. And then he goes on to say there are no starters on this team yet. If you're not at practice, you're not a starter. You can't be a starter if you're not here.
1: That one was surprising to me.
0: What, it can't be a starter?
1: Yeah. He went on to talk about Wally Pip and Lou Gehrig, that Wally Pip was the starter and missed a game. What was it that he missed? I don't know. He was out with a headache, and Lou Gehrig came in and played 2,000 consecutive games. No one ever heard from Wally Pip again, basically.
0: Yes, and Wally Pip was an all-star before that. Right. So it doesn't matter if you don't show up. What is it? Availability is accountability. And Bruce Arians is very big on accountability, which I think is something we've lacked very much in the Buccaneers' locker room for a decade now.
1: We wondered whether Donovan Smith would be the target of some of this accountability. Oh, he was. And he absolutely (laughs) was. He, Besides whoever that first person Bruce Arians was talking about was, he said Donovan missed practice because he was sick. And Bruce Arians said... I fought through it, he couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, and he wasn't saying it in a joking manner either. No,
1: it was kind of a, I was here, so there's really no reason that you couldn't have been here. They're doing good, I mean, a lot of guys are getting flexi- position flexibility because Donovan got sick yesterday. I fought through it, he couldn't do it. And Donovan got some flack on it on Twitter, which he was not happy about at all, as he never is. <laughs> He takes it very personally.
0: We had said before that Bruce Arians doesn't like social media a whole lot. We are not going to see Jameis Winston on social media probably at all. He might pop on there to give shout outs to charity events or uh, update about his family situation or something like that, but he is not going to be on social media. Bruce Arians does not want his quarterback on social media because he says the negativity will bring your confidence down. Because the, what did he say, the social media universe does not accept any form of failure.
1: Right. They're brutal. And he's big on confidence with his quarterbacks. Very. Which I think is smart. It makes sense. We saw Jameis last year after he got benched, and that was definitely a blow to his ego.
0: But this is the first time I've seen a coach talk like this and act like this with the Buccaneers ever. Bruce Arians does not have a problem using the media to call out his players and praise his players. I mean, he's very media savvy.
1: And we saw him praise Peyton Barber. In the media, immediately, Vernon Harger I mean, there are players that he's absolutely brought up. And you can see the impact that it's had on the player's demeanor publicly. So I think he uses it to get guys inspired. But the flip side to that coin is he's also going to call out some nonsense. Like players not showing up.
0: Which is something we've
1: needed. Absolutely. And Donovan Smith... In particular, it's not that he's not showing up and available. We know that that's his strong suit, is just being a body on the field. But whether he's actually productive and helping, that was always our critique, and that was our issue with his contract, is that he's inconsistent with his effort. And it's clear from Bruce Arian's comments That's not going to fly anymore.
0: Yeah, he's not going to put up with that. And that was something I was worried about with Donovan Smith, that his his effort on the field is lacking sometimes. And now that he's got the huge payday, what's his incentive to be more aggressive on the field? None.
1: None at all. He had every incentive in the world last season, and it didn't even matter.
0: Yeah, he had a contract year, and he played probably the worst he's played since he's been here, and he's still got big paydays. So I think his attitude might need a little bit of adjusting, and I think Bruce Arians is just the guy to do it. I don't think Bruce Arians would have a problem benching him.
1: I don't think so either, obviously. The comment about we don't have any starters, you got to be practicing to be a starter.
0: Availability is accountability. That's
1: right. I mean, he said it right there. And he's using it to send a message to the players, without question. Yes,
0: and he's made it known that he's doing a culture change, in Tampa, which has been greatly, greatly needed. Uh, he says he, do- he doesn't believe in chemistry, believes in accountability. Uh, he said when you're building culture, it is all about accountability. So, and, and that's something I've been saying for years. You know, we just don't hold our players accountable. Donovan Smith being probably the main guy that I bring that up about. So it's going to be very, very interesting. That, his press conference was more interesting to me than the draft was.
1: Absolutely. But it does give us a nice segue into the draft. Yes. There's a lot of people are really happy about picking Devin White fifth overall. Mm-hmm. There, a lot of Bucks fans are on board. They're very excited. But you always get that small contingent of fans. And unfortunately, one of them happens to be a prominent figure in the media for Bucks News. They're fans as well. And I'm talking about Joe Bucks fan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like Joe Bucks fan for the information that they give, I do not like them for their negativity. They are usually the first on the fire the coach bandwagon, and they tend to get people riled up, and usually it starts with them and Pewter Report Yeah, most of the time. We picked Evan White, fifth overall, a linebacker.
0: When we could have picked Josh Allen, because he did fall to us.
1: Yeah, or an edge rusher, which everyone is... There, I think there were mainly two camps, the ones that wanted defensive line and then the ones that were all about a linebacker. And so everyone who was rah-rah the defensive line, those people are upset. And that's Joe Buck's fan. He thinks a pass rusher is what we needed. A pass rusher is what was going to fix the team.
0: Yeah, well, he talked about it. Who was it? Which one of the Joes? One of the Joes was very adamant that – we needed to pass Roger, and if we picked Devin White, he was going to be very livid. Well, we picked Devin White, and he's very livid,
1: right? So the articles are up today. Now, I will say a lot of Bucks fans in the comments are saying, "Slow down, Joe! Like, calm it down." Um, and there, there's still a lot of positivity there.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't knock this. I mean, two of the greatest players we've had on the Buccaneers in the history of the sport, and one who made me become a Buccaneer fan was Hardy Nickerson, linebacker. Another linebacker who solidified and, if you want to argue about it, actually took us to the Super Bowl, was Derek Brooks, linebacker. So, you know, we have a history of strong linebacker play in Tampa.
1: I don't think this is so much about the position. I think this is more about the culture. How so? There's a lot of talk that Devin White is not only a strong player, but he's a very strong leader. Yes. And with Quan leaving, we have a leadership vacuum on the defense. And with Daryl McCoy gone, he wasn't ever kind of that rah-rah leader, but he was a, the longest-tenured defensive player.
0: Yeah, so I talked about a- that with, with Greg in the last podcast. I, I honestly believe that Bruce Arians does not like McCoy's leadership style, and that's where the, the issue is coming from. Daryl McCoy has talked about he leads by example, not by, not by not a vocal leader. He leads by example. He lets his play on the field be his leadership role, whatever. And, you know, he's been the face of the franchise for many years, and we've had a bad defensive cultural problem. So it can all be laid on his shoulders. And I think Bruce Arians is just saying, look, you're not the type of leader I want. I'm going to bring in the guys that I think are good leaders.
1: So— Joe McCoy's gone. Quan Alexander's gone. There's no one left on the defense that is that type of leader that Bruzzerians looks for. We have JPP, but he's not necessarily a vocal leader, I don't think. He's more of, I lead by example, kind of like McCoy. Like, he lets his play speak for him.
0: I don't think JPP is a vocal leader in the sense that he's going to be rah-rah-rah, yes. But I do think he is of the caliber that... Arians likes in that he will call out players that mess up. And I think that's what Arians really wants.
1: I also think that he makes the players around him better without question. He has said, I am the hardest worker on the team. And these guys are all competitive. They're very competitive. That's why they're in the top contingent of football players in the world. So I think that energy feeds off of each other. So while he's not that vocal rah-rah leader, he's going to play in a way that makes other players better.
0: Yes. And after the Chicago game, when he was just devastated, I mean, he had never had a loss like that in his career, he had said. And you could just tell he had a sense of, I seem to be one of the very few in this locker room who's upset about this. And he was kind of shocked by the culture of losing in Tampa Bay. And then a few weeks later, he called out, or I think it was towards the end of the season, JPP said, there's just a lot of people here that just don't care about winning.
1: They don't keep it real.
0: And, you know, I think Arians is going to come in and probably give him the ability to get up into people's faces who are like that and call them out, you know? John that's what that's what Arians wants. I mean, he said it in his book. He says it all the time. He wants his players to hold each other accountable. And he really likes the veterans to do it. Him bringing in this rookie, Devin White, and expecting him to do it, I don't know. But he did. Uh, Tyron Matthew in Arizona was kind of the same way in the sense that he came in and immediately had an impact in the locker room.
1: I think it's an energy thing. I think the same way that Quan was an energetic leader... I think that's what they're looking for with Devin White. You
0: know, the funny thing about Quan, everybody says he was a the, the very vocal leader. I never knew that until he was getting ready to be traded.
1: Yeah, I didn't either.
0: I, I don't ever remember seeing it. I don't ever remember people talking about it I much. remember
1: them talking about it when he got hurt. And that's when all the players came out and said, he's the leader of our defense.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right.
1: That's when I remember hearing it. So my point is that we have a leadership vacuum on... The defense, Not necessarily that there aren't people with leadership qualities, but someone who's going to rally the troops. And and, hold them accountable. And hold them accountable. And, you know, we've got Levante David, who is no question a leader, but he's not vocal at all. So there's a lot of guys on there who have good leadership qualities, but are going to be vocal about it. So I think that that's what Devin White is about. For the fans that are disappointed in that, we didn't target a pass rusher. First of all, it's the first round of the draft. It's not like every single good player from college is taken. You're going to tell me there's 32 good players from college and that's it?
0: That's right.
1: I mean, what about Adam Humphreys? Who,
0: he was a walk-on.
1: He was a walk-on. I mean, there's a long—Tom Brady did not go in the first round, did he? No.
0: Nah, everybody uses that, Tom Brady. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> but it's we've had plenty of players that— came after the first round
0: yeah i mean Quan alexander david
1: uh i mean we've had busts that have come in the first round so plenty plenty so it's not over it's not like we can't find a pass rusher but i take issue with everyone harping on the need for a pass rusher for several reasons first of all the pass rush isn't a problem any more than the secondary was in 2013 or the run game was last year or lack of help on the defensive line for the last nine years. You can't just plug one player in and that's going to fix everything. It's, right. it's approaching the draft the same way you approach fantasy football. Mm-hmm. And I think generally football fans fall into three camps. They approach football like a chess match. They approach it like it's fantasy football. Or they just don't really think about it that much and, like, drinking beer and watching dudes hit each other. <laughs> but to approach it as if it's fantasy football is how we've done it for the last ten years. hmm yes. It doesn't work.
0: Yeah, the, the perfect example is when our secondary was getting torched in Shana's first year. And then so they go out, they draft in Shana's second year, after the first year when the— Secondary was just giving up all kinds of yards in the passing. Although we had the 12th best run defense in the history of the NFL, our secondary sucked. So everybody's complaining, and this is the whole fantasy football mentality. Oh, if you get this player from here with these stats and you plug them in here, that's going to improve your team to those stats. But it never works out that way. We went out and we got Deshaun, uh, Daryl Rebus. We traded with them. Uh, Our first draft pick was Jonathan Banks, cornerback. And we went and signed Deshaun Goldson. So, you know, we shored up our secondary. We actually got the best cornerback in the league at the time. And guess what? Our team still didn't win.
1: We did worse.
0: Yes. There were other issues that popped up. And, you know, that's the thing. You know, a team is different every year. There's always issues you got to deal with. It's fluid. You know, it's never just plug and play. It's not fantasy football.
1: The When I did the Know Your Enemies segments,
0: Which you were spot on with Atlanta, by the way.
1: Offensive line? Yes. Yeah. They picked
0: two offensive linemen in the first round. I
1: did see that. When I was doing the Know Your Enemy segments and looking into what the teams might need, every single one of them said an edge rusher. Right. What is it about an edge rusher that is so elusive in the NFL? Everybody's looking for one. Everybody. Yes.
0: Well, because the NFL is now, it's not about stopping passes and intercepting the ball. The secondary, shut down cornerbacks, all that. It's The main thing is get to the quarterback now because it's just so hard to cover wide receivers anymore that it's better to just get to the quarterback and don't let him throw the ball or make him throw an errant pass than try and cover in wide receivers. So the secondary is not as prominent anymore. You You want to have those pass rushers, which our system now... And this is why, you know, everybody's like, oh, we should have got clean and Wims or Josh Allen or, you know, you know, some some edge rushers and everything. Watch Todd Bowles' defense and listen to what Bruce Arians is saying. We are going to be an attack, 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 and defense. These linebackers, all these linebackers he's getting are pass rushing linebackers. I mean, they're they're good in coverage too, decent in run stopping our whole team is set to attack the quarterback. So to me, Shaquille Barrett is an edge rusher. If you ask me, that's what he is.
1: Right. And Arians actually said he's not so much focusing on run stopping. He said, you rush the quarterback and you stop the run on the way.
0: Right, which is a fantastic philosophy, as you asked me. And we've also, in our division, we've got Kamara and McCaffrey that have been chewing us alive for the past year, two years, and, and the rest of the league, you can't stop them with pass rushers. You stop them with linebackers. And I think the linebackers we got, and hopefully this Devin White, will be able to cover these guys.
1: That was the critique of Devin White was him missing tackles, and he may not be effective against those two.
0: Well, he's got the speed. Ain't no doubt about that. He ran a 4-4. That's crazy for a So linebacker.
1: it's more mechanics, I think.
0: And tackling.
1: Which, yeah, which can be coached.
0: Right. Yeah, which our whole defense needs to be coached on tackling. Yeah,
1: it's not just him.
0: Well, you look at Todd Bowles' defense, they did not miss a lot of tackles. and good tackling techniques. You know, if that's what I said last year. If we played man coverage, if you could go back and listen to our, our podcast, starting at the beginning of the year, I said, if we played man coverage, if we learned how to tackle better, and if we had our cornerbacks look at the quarterback every now and then instead of staring <laughs> down wide receivers, we would have been a very good team. We would have definitely won an extra four or five games. No doubt about that. And this year, hopefully, we got our tackling better. I'm pretty sure I've watched Todd Bowles' defense, and he does not have our the cornerbacks staring at the wide receivers. They, they watch the quarterback. <laughs> and we already know that we're going to be running man coverage most of the time. So, oh, yeah,
1: they said that immediately.
0: Yes, which our, all of our cornerbacks are designed for man coverage.
1: Right.
0: I mean, that's what they were. they played in college, and that's what they're good at. God, it drove me crazy. Go back and listen to the podcast. You'll hear it. It's just after every game, I'm screaming. Why? Why are we playing 10 it's yards so off the ball? Off, yeah. But, of course, pretty much everybody was saying that. But then, we, even at the end of the season, when we started playing more man coverage after Mike Smith was fired, Brett Grimes still played 10, 15 yards off the ball. Every play. Man, that drove me crazy. I'm so glad he's gone.
1: Me too. The Atlanta Falcons... Picked 14th overall and then 31st overall. They got the 31st pick from the LA Rams. So their first pick was guard Chris Lindstrom from Boston College. And their second pick was Caleb McGarry, offensive tackle from Washington.
0: They're serious about protecting Matt Ryan. Aren't they? they need
1: a bad. I don't think their line is set. And the Panthers picked 16th overall. They picked linebacker Brian Burns, who Joe was upset that we didn't get Brian. Really? Yeah.
0: Huh.
1: He's just. They're not happy a happy over a J Bucks fan.
0: Well, I can understand their viewpoint. I think they're taking it a little too far. Well, it's just the one Joe. I can't remember which one it is. He's taking it a little too far. But you know, they they gotta write about something and you know, try to get those clicks, but we don't know yet. None of us knows. None of us knows. And this guy now granted, you can have a player come in and change a team. Uh look at Baker Mayfield with Cleveland, you know, but generally it's a it's a quarterback guy. Uh but I doubt if Devin White is going to, you know single-handedly win us five games next year right and I don't think anybody we would have drafted is going to single-handedly win us five games so you know this is a team sport you know how well is he going to fit in how well is he going to get we don't know nobody knows so don't, don't get upset don't get despondent don't get too excited either and eh, that's not true get really excited we're going to kick so <laughs> much butt next year
1: <laughs> but that's my point that I think we're drafting for more than athletic ability I think it's about the culture change
0: which is fantastic. Something we've needed for so long. Well, ever since Dungy, actually, you know, I, I was thinking about it with Gruden. I've always said, you know, ever since Gruden, but now Gruden had horrible culture in that locker room.
1: Well, and you can see it at Oakland now. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, he basically won with our defense. You know, he, he amped up our offense enough to, to win us the Super Bowl. That was the thing Dungy could never do, could never get us over that hump. And then he just basically dismantled our team after that for the next six years or so. You know, we've had a culture problem for a long time. Hopefully, Arian's ain't going to put up with that mess. I mean, I could see him out there drunk running people over with his (laughs) golf cart if they're not (laughs) practicing, right, or if they're not. Yeah.
1: His press conferences are so fun. If you haven't watched them yet, you should.
0: Yeah, and we've got at least a year of this, most likely about three. I'm really excited because this is the coach we've needed in, in every aspect. I mean, he fits our offensive weapons. He knows how to adjust the team to the talent of the players. He does that everywhere he goes. And he holds players accountable. That's his motto. I mean, what's the it's three words? Accountability, trust and
1: trust, loyalty, respect. Oh. <laughs> but accountability is a big running theme
0: <laughs> <That's not accountability. laughs> through
1: his regime. <laughs> he talks a lot about accountability. I don't know that I've seen a press conference where he hasn't said that word.
0: Which thrills me to no end because that's what I've been saying forever. You know, there's just no accountability on this team. There hasn't been for years. I think he cut her. He didn't hold anybody accountable. No, he didn't care. No, he was all about the scheme. Yeah. Clipboard. And then lobby. I don't know know what that was all about.
1: (laughs) I don't know what he was doing.
0: (laughs) And then Shiana was more worried about character, you know, than anything else that appeared. But that's what he was brought in for, to clear out the mess that.
1: Raheem had.
0: Raheem had piled up there. Which sucked because we got rid of some really good players. But anyhow, yeah, so Aaron's is bringing in accountability and hard work ethic and blah, 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 and all that good stuff. And he. I think he sees devin White as a player that fits what he wants in the locker room so i'm I'm fine with it and to be honest i don't I don't know any of these players. I've watched film on them, but I think I watched film on the top fifteen and then you know how long it would take to watch a full season just one season of all fifteen players and then You know, compare you have to think of you always have to think about what divisions they play in, who their opponents are going up against, blah, blah, blah. So you have to watch their opponents and see how good they are. I mean, it's just what most people don't do that. Most people just listen to what the the experts say. Which, you know, there's nothing wrong in that because the experts are there for a reason.
1: They're the ones supposedly watching all that.
0: Right, but you don't know how much of it is them actually rooting for this guy because he's they think he's skilled in that position, or if it's because the marketing, you know. Who knows? So anyhow, don't be don't be too upset. Don't be too despondent.
1: But Most Buck, Buck fans are really happy about this. There's a lot of people that are really excited about him.
0: We had plenty of preparation for it because they've been talking about Devin White ever since the end of the season that he was going to go to us.
1: And Devin White said that Bruce Arians told him if he was still available at 5, that's we were going to take him.
0: Yeah, Bruce Arians said... in. With the press conference Wednesday, I think it was, he said, "Look, we've known who we're going to pick ten days ago. We're just ready to get it over with and get out on the field and start practicing." That's right. You know, they did have a chance to pick what the experts said was a better position player in Josh Allen, but you know, we don't know. We don't know how that's going to shake out and everything. I mean, it's not like Devin White's a bust already.
1: Well, and the pundits have no better idea than we do most of the time. I mean, no one saw Clellum Farrell going to no. Oakland at all.
0: Right, yeah. He wasn't even on the stage for no. the top twenty four. Right, and he wasn't in
1: Nashville. He was in <laughs> Richmond.
0: Yeah. And you called that, too. He said, my is going to have to gonna make a splash. Make
1: a weird pick.
0: Because
1: he's, gonna... he's kind of, I mean, that's his thing, his draft analysis. It's always been, he's always been like the college player guru, him and Charles Davis. Yeah. So not really a surprise that he went with a different pick than what everyone expected. The top ten didn't go as everyone expected, I don't think. There were a lot of surprises. Like, Pittsburgh moved up to get Devin Bush. So, there were some definite definite unexpected. Oh, Daniel Jones, the quarterback, went to the Giants, not Dwayne Haskins. That was a
0: very strange one there. And
1: then some of the teams came out afterwards and said, yeah, we had Daniel Jones above Dwayne Haskins, too. Which, how the draft... Pundits didn't know that. I don't know. He's How do you miss that?
0: Yeah. He's a quarterback from Duke. Right. I mean, when was the last time a quarterback from Duke got drafted?
1: I don't know. They usually all become doctors, neurosurgeons. Huh. A lot of smart people.
0: So be excited. It's time for us to put our—well, we still got a couple more days of draft going up. Yeah. Generally, the second round, Jason Light is not very good at second round <laughs> draft picks. Hopefully You're we just saying
1: that because I'm Robert <laughs> Hopefully
0: we won't pick a kicker. Who knows? All kinds of stuff. Could happen. Roy Miller has been charged with child abuse. If you don't know, Roy Miller used to be a defensive tackle for the Buccaneers. He played with the Jaguars after he left us. Uh, he's out of the league now because he got charged with domestic violence or had a restrainer, restraining order put on him by his ex-wife while he was at the Jaguars, so they released him, and he's not in the NFL anymore. He's going through a very bitter, very, very bitter divorce with his wife and— he has now been charged with child abuse. Apparently she noticed some bruises on the child's buttocks. and called the police, but I, I don't want to, I don't know anything about anything, but to me it just sounds like a, a divorce where everybody's doing the whole War of the Roses type thing, and so like, I'm going to get you no matter what, and I can't stand it when people use their children in a divorce. Don't know if that's the case. Don't know if he did it. But anyhow, I just thought we'd throw that out there. Roy Miller has been charged with child abuse.
1: On a happier note, the Bucks exercised Vernon Hargreaves' fifth-year option.
0: Yeah, that's shocking that they did it this early. What's that all about? And season after he started. I think they're just really trying to give him a boost of confidence.
1: Yeah, so it covers the 2020 season.
0: Well, you know, he was drafted. He was a first-round draft for us. Pretty hot
1: pick. Oh, each team must choose whether to pick up that option before the player's fourth season. The specific deadline is May 3rd, so they have to do it. Really? Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. (laughs) So this is actually the third year in a row where Tampa Bay has picked up that option on the relevant first rounder. They did it with Mike Evans in 2017 and Jameis Winston last year.
0: But the thing with picking up the option is you could drop it at any time. I mean, we could drop him without having it. It's not guaranteed. We're just saying no other team can mess with you. You're not a free agent.
1: Oh, they become exclusive rights free agents? Or restricted free agents, one of those?
0: No, they don't become a free agent at all. Oh. We have their contract, and we're saying we're going to keep you on for five years, but we could still cut them with no loss
1: gotcha. without
0: having to pay a So it's
1: from. not necessarily guaranteed.
0: No, it's not guaranteed at all.
1: We could have exercised the fifth-year option on Adrian Claiborne way back when, when he was in
0: his—but
1: huh. we but we didn't do it.
0: No, not it. It went it. We didn't a Super Bowl. <laughs> One of these days we're going to do a list of all the ex-Buccaneers in the past 10 years that have gone on to win Super Bowls.
1: But I wonder if it's any higher than any other team. I don't yeah,
0: know. we should do a comparative analysis. Yeah. I do think it's very higher, very much higher. I mean, just about everybody we cut, it seemed like. In the past 10 years has gone on the way the Super Bowl.
1: That would be a really interesting. God, that would be so hard to do across the league an analysis. <laughs> yeah, so then you know. can't say that you don't have talent if they're going on to.
0: But the way you could do it is to just get the Super Bowl teams, Super Bowl winners, or just get get the teams that went to the Super Bowl, look at their players and okay. see where they came from. That's a good idea. It'd be better to go backwards than to go through each team and see who they've cut and track their progress. Yeah,
1: that's true. Maybe we'll try to do that. Yeah. We'll try
0: to do that. All right, Block fans. Day one of the draft is done. We've got Devin White. He's going to be a monster. He's going to get the culture in Tampa Bay up to par like everybody wants it to be. He's going to help with that. Bruce Arians Presser was great. We have a coach who has no tolerance for bullshit. He's about accountability. And he's a winner, too. So, that helps. Oh, good Lord. Look at, you know, he's won two Super Bowls. Not as head mm-hmm. coach, but as offense coordinator. He's coached Ben Roethlisberger.
1: Peyton Manning. Peyton
0: Manning. Peyton injured Luff. luck.
1: Carson Palmer. There's a long list. I can't keep up with all of them.
0: Yes, and they've all gone on to have great success. And he's been on, I, I haven't looked at his, like, winning, his record since he's been in the NFL as an assistant and as a head coach. But I'm pretty sure it's way, way positive. He just wasn't on that many losing teams. No. And while he was at Pittsburgh, they were dominant. Right. When he was in Colts, they were dominant. When he was at Arizona, they were dominant. So he knows something about how to win. And that's what we need because we have a whole team of people who don't know how to win and seem to be okay with losing. That's going to change, guys. I'm excited.
1: The fan base is going to get there one day too. I think we're all going to be in shock at first when we start winning, and then it's just going to be all out.
0: Yeah, I, I think we're going to take. We're, we're definitely going to take the division by storm, but I think we're going to take the league by storm. And people, watch Vita am Telling you, we've got a, a elite guy on our team that people aren't kind of just passing over and hopefully this Devin White will be you know up there too I mean a top five pick you got to be at least a pro bowler so we've got a lot of good players a lot of good talent we've got OJ we've got Evans we've got Jameis we've got Marpet we've got I I think Peyton is a good very good running back I think he's highly underrated go back to the podcast beginning last year I called that he was going to be great but I'm usually a year off on my
1: predictions (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> we've got JPP we've got Carl Nassib
1: Vita Shaq Barrett
0: yeah Well, we've got
1: Levante David
0: Levante David how do we forget that I mean we've got some serious serious skill in this team and now we have a coach that is going to make them play to their potential he's going to form the team around their abilities and he's going to hold everybody accountable and he's going to make everybody on the team hold each other accountable man you can't get no better than this alright guys 131 days until kickoff right around the corner <laughs> Until then,
1: go back.